Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Not So Daily Show. The show that comes to you daily, except when it doesn't. I'm your host, Tim McKinnon. To my right, we've got political analyst and guy with the coolest name in the world, Timba Malule. And to my left, we've got a brand new friend of the shows, SABC News producer, Prudence Makumal. How are you? It's great to have you. We have to start the show by acknowledging the unnecessary loss of life in the Mtokozis in Dumba killing. We send our condolences and strength to his friends and family. But staying with the student protests, let's begin with Blaine Ziman. The man that's clearly not as sharp as his name suggests. <laughs> so both Blade and Vitz claim that there is no crisis with student funding. They say that 95% of the students coming into Vitz this year have already registered, to which the SRC calls bullshit. They say that there is a lot more students than that that are struggling to get into the system this year. The year officially starts at Vitz tomorrow. We understand the programs will be starting online, but um, there's an issue with outstanding fees and the registration uh, process. The school itself says that out of the 37,000 students, 35,000 have been registered. But just to get more insight on this, I'm joined by the SRC president, Bendu Lomfeka. Thank you for joining us at ENCA. Um, I'm speaking to management as we speak, and they detail 35,000 students that have been registered. You're disputing this. What, what do we take forward? So it's a lie to say 35,000 students of the 37 uh, that are supposed to register have registered. And I say this because about two weeks back, the dean of student himself confirmed that there's about 8,000 people who are at financial risk. So the question I have is that if it's really just 5% of the students that are struggling as Vitz and Blade claim, right, why is it so difficult to make a plan for these people? Is it a state problem? Is it a university problem? Or who should be sorting them out? I think it's both, right? Both in the sense that the universities are commodifying education and at the same time the state has implemented some sort of austerity measures by introducing budget cuts into NSFAS and the Department of Higher Education. Yeah. So now as much as right now the attention is on VITS, the problem is much broader. Yeah. You know, it stretches to UNISA, it touches the other universities also because of those austerity measures that yeah. have been implemented by the state. So it's definitely about university and the state, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Pri, what do you think of that? Like, if they're going to cut budget, is education, like, even an option to cut budget on? Like, does it make sense? Yeah, so obviously it's the state's problem. Obviously we've seen rather at the budget speech of Tutumburini that we actually blame the National Treasury for them having these budget cuts, especially when he mentioned the austerity budget. The government is actually improvising into the human rights of people. Yeah. What is the, the, the constitution saying on education? So the big question is, are they able to have free education within the university system? Which was promised by Jay-Z when, <laughs> when he lived. Yeah. When he lived. So what was that? Was Jay-Z just fucking up the next government or was that... Do you think that was actually in the ANC's plans? No, honestly, I don't think he was setting them up or anything, right? Mm. Since 1993, been, every single manifesto, they've been punting free education. education, you know. And Jay-Z, I think he just let the cat out of the bag cat is out you know and it has to be done now and the one interesting thing Blade said um, I think he was at a Scopa meeting in Parliament yes. he said that Jacob Zuma's decision right to announce free, free education actually put 
Nasfas in, in a free throw because it exposed Nasfas for not having any systems. Okay, so now you're sitting in a situation where now we all know there's no systems in Nasfas. Yeah. What do we do about it? Yeah. You can't just now say, oh no, Jacob Zuma, he yeah. did this, he did that. He did it, he did it. But now how do we go forward? forward? And it looks like now there really isn't a plan of now how do you go forward? Yeah. How do you fund Nasfas sustainably? Yeah. How do we ensure that Nasfas is more efficient? Yeah. You know, you don't have situations where someone now goes into school approved but not only gets funded June July yeah, you know yeah, you know yeah, those type of things yeah yeah so it's it's easy to blame it on Jacob like everyone does right it's fine it's not a problem we're used to it right but now how do you move forward and no one is actually coming up with those same solutions that's the biggest problem that I have that's the problem yeah, yeah. Timber gets tested whenever, whenever you throw a problem with Zuma but yeah I think it's a broad problem but for me I really just believe it shows that our government does not understand development. I mean, yeah. I was watching something on like the development that's happened in China, right? China's not America. They have no celebrities. They have no um, crazy like world appeal, right? All they work on is getting people educated and getting people working. Yes. But our government that is in a developing state, a developmental state also, things of cutting education. Like, what are you saving? Like, bro you pay fees right you finish school you work you contribute to tax you contribute to development how is that even an option to cut that budget and with this stuff like the state capture commission we're seeing how much money is being wasted in the country and then you say but we're going to take money from education for me that doesn't make sense just referring back also from the article that has been written by Dr. David Masson, yeah. the Deputy Minister of Finance, right, where he yeah. said that um, structural reforms of South Africa are pretty much slow. Mm -hmm. So imagine that being referenced by the yeah. Deputy Minister yeah, that exactly. our structural reforms are slow. slow. So what is the problem that the government is actually doing? Yeah. Is there fraud or is there yeah. corruption that is happening? Exactly. What's really happening yeah. with our you know, money that's supposed to be spent into well, much more base. significant things. So handsome saying it's pretty much, you know, a sad thing yeah. where, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. certain people are not are, are not going to school due yeah. to financial situations. But our government, the national treasury most of the time, they need to, you know, implement these structural reforms yeah. on like how we could get these kids to school. Yeah. And, and actually fund, you know. Yes. So coming back to this actually the, quest, the big question is, they having a hardship uh, aid, aid yeah, scheme in terms of million, yeah. the 10 million aid scheme. Yeah. Is it going to be enough for these kids no, to no. be able? Apparently, this is like a 10 billion shortfall because of the historical debt thing. No, I mean a billion, sorry. Yeah, the hardship is 10 million, but yeah. they have a billion shortfall. Yeah. Sorry, so yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's enough, but yeah. I, I, I personally don't think South Africa will ever get anything done in terms of like getting people to pay back NASFAS, getting people to stop evading tax, because everybody sees when the money goes. Yeah. That's why like you can't motivate South Africans to contribute money to the system. Even that SABC thing, the grants that they wanted to introduce, nobody buys into those stuff, even when they see that if it worked, it would be dope. but like seeing where the money yeah. goes. But I mean, looking at that SABC one to get some sort of payment, TV license payment, yeah. but yeah. now getting it from multi-choice, including it in a new or DSTV premium, honestly, that took forever for them to do. They should have done that a long time ago, right? That way, SABC wouldn't be in the problems that they're in, the financial troubles that they're in, because 
these nine nine million subscribers from DSTV. Yeah. That way, you know, you've got nine million people paying for the TV license yeah. guaranteed. But because of the relationship that they in bed, they in bed together. Choice. Yeah. You know, but you'd think that they would use those relationships to collect the money on behalf of SABC in order to make sure yeah. that the state um, state broadcast is funded. But is it really in the interest of multi-choice to have it functioning properly? Maybe that's yeah. where the dynamics... Yeah, it goes back yeah. to the thing yeah. that like a controlling body should not have such a friendly relationship with, you know, somebody they need to get revenue from or... Yeah, the SABC and multi-choice are too, are too friendly. Like, for another day altogether. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll never finish that one. Let's, I want to move on to the, before we move on from the situation with the fees, I want to talk about the policing situation. First of all, let's start here. Your reaction to what happened to Mr. Ntumba yesterday? As I've said with the family, and I will forever say, I can't explain it. It's something that uh, it, it has no inch it has no it has no grain of explanation and defense on it somebody just for me went crazy i don't think it is fair for you to come here today and say that it is inexcusable south africans have been complaining about the conduct of police now someone who has had absolutely nothing to do with the protest has died until when are you going to be visiting the families of people who have been senselessly killed until that stops Begit kind of says that the guy who shot and killed Ntokozisi went crazy. But I don't think he went crazy. I think he was following instruction. Begit kind of was the guy who said shoot to kill. You know, whether it was a different context or not, the culture of police is that when you see a black person, toy toy or do whatever, shoot. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to start with a cynical situation where they made excuses, the guys would fight back, the, the guys would whatever. I mean, so you are saying that you want to punish the people that can't fight back. And in South Africa, police are actually um, the biggest culprits, or I don't know if they're dotted supported, but I've seen police are the guys that go home, uh, bash their wives, uh, shoot and kill their wives, go to pubs, get in altercations, use their work firearms to think. So it's just a culture of like oppressing the weak. I mean, how do you fire students, bro? How do you fire students? Coming back to Mtogo Zizi, at that point, what was um, Mtogo Zizi doing? Because of, apparently he was from a clinic, yeah. you know, and was walking, and he was not part of the strike. He was and not. No, he was yeah. not. So when he was shot, I still remember that video, when he was shot, he showed his medicine and saying, guys, not I'm not all. part of the strike. But even from that video, it's a sensitive video. None of the people standing around that area were striking. Exactly. They were just standing. The guys came out. The guys ran away. Isn't it the law that says even if somebody is in your house, yeah. if they've got their back turned and they're running away, you have no right to shoot. This is a civilian who's like, if I'm scared, somebody's in my house, I have no right to shoot them while they're running away. Mm. How much more does a policeman not have a right to shoot someone that's running away from him? You're a policeman, you're shooting a student running away from you. Exactly. So that's how the human rights systems comes in. The constitution is the government following the constitution. No. South Africa is a racist society, right? Yeah. Majority black society, yes, but the system that South Africa operates in is a very racist system. Racist. You know, and I think that manifests in how the police treat black protesters and yeah. white protesters. You know, so that self-hate the, um, not valuing the black body, yeah. you know, black body being disposable, you yeah. know, how Johannesburg was built, 
with cheap and disposable labor of black people yeah. that still manifests till today. So that's, I think, how I look at it when I see how the police treat black people, black protesters, in, and then we just position it with how they white protesters or yeah you know so definitely a racist system racist society and i mean it manifests itself in how the police actually do their policing there's no value attached to a black life unfortunately yeah and i just feel like we have a powerless government like we have a government that is striking against enca we have a government Ismail Khashoggi that's supporting the students in a strike. Long live the student struggle, long live. Long live. Forward with radical economic transformation. Forward. What? Forward with radical economic transformation. Forward. What? Forward with social economic transformation. Forward. What? Let me remind you as students. Your struggle is our struggle. Bro, imagine if you went to your dad and you said, Dad, I want a car. Then your dad said, yes, my son, let's strike for you to get this car. Like, explain why you can't do it or let's make means to do it. Don't come and say you support me in a struggle against you. Yeah. You understand? Like, like look, um, the A situation, I'm seeing it, right? It's politics, obviously, it's playing politics. I mean, it's just another um, support. Yeah, exactly yeah. from its factional battles within the ANC manifesting in those student protests yeah. so he's there obviously buying face buying yeah. points you know yeah. for his faction I mean I think we're about two years three years away from another election yeah. Yeah. yeah you know especially internal election in the ANC so I mean who knows he's just playing politics factional battles and I mean he's the other faction is the one that's in charge yeah. is the one that's making those decisions so you might see it as a rebellion against yeah. the decisions made by the faction that's yeah. in power in the ANC right now. Okay. And coming back to Mtubuzi Zintumba, apparently now the students want um, the name of the street to I be I think changed. it's the Beer Street. Yo, yeah. I fully support that. Yeah. Yeah. I fully support. What? Why do we need the De Beer Street? I mean, <laughs> and apparently, and yesterday, they wanted to remove some statue. They, yeah, I think they did. They, they, they tried. They tried to try to. It's not as easy yeah. as. Yeah, but ish, dude, it's sad. Like, given this revolutionary things have to come at such a high cost. I mean, and ish, I didn't want to go into how this protest, unfortunately, the worse they get, the more noise they make. Yeah. And it's sad that it has to be stuff like losing lives that gets people to pay attention, our own government. But without dwelling on the and that way too much you know like it's a very important topic that should be discussed at, at length but like i was listening to the radio this past week right and uh, a lady was making a comment regarding the megan and harry situation so this is like obviously racism on an international level right but i see like a lot of people are very touched about this interview and the whole situations and sure rightfully so they must be but as a south african like, do you guys feel like we should be as involved in this stuff or do we have, like, our own problems to worry about? We have our own problems, but to, she's a celeb, quote-unquote, right? So we see ourselves in them, right? We want them to embody our values. Yeah. Uh, so that's why maybe we're so invested in them, yeah. right? So if something does go wrong in their lives or they make a mistake or whatnot, we feel betrayed right yeah. or feel aggrieved also on their behalf i think hence why we take this a little bit personal yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. uh through 
Okay, sorry. You, you okay, no problem. I'm just yeah. saying that, of course, the royal family is an influence to the public. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people look up to them. And yeah. sometimes when you look up to a person and then you see something unexpected happen, yeah. so it, obviously you will be a bit offended. Yeah. Same as just a celebrity that you look up to and then probably you meet them face to face and then they do this to you. Yeah. And you... Yeah. <laughs> literally don't like them so yeah. people with public influence you expect them to be perfect and yeah. obviously they're not so ex obviously coming from the royal family and of obviously them being racist it quite changes uh, people's pers perspectives yeah, yeah, especially yeah. going to the UK and were you guys shocked yeah I was shocked no, I wasn't. did you believe did you believe in them who the royal family yeah. or? <laughs> Actually, I did. I did. <laughs> you played yourself. <laughs> Bro, like, yeah, nah, dude, guys, to be honest, I'm not moved. I feel sorry for Megan, yeah. but my personal view is that stuff shouldn't even exist. I mean, dude, the, what it came on, uh, Prince Harry is complaining about being cut off now. Yeah. Get a job, bro. <laughs> Whose money are you trying to live on? Those are people's tax money. I mean, you're trying to, and like, yeah, sure, like, People, I don't think people should have that much power because people are not perfect. Look, the queen is racist. Yeah. The queen has that much power. Why does she have that much power? I don't feel people should have that power because, especially for what family they were born into. I, I feel like that shit is overplayed. But um, obviously now when you bring it back to a South African context, it's yes. quite different. Unfortunately, uh, this, this past week, we learned of the recent passing of King Goodwill's early team. And as a South African, obviously, it hits different because we all identify with the story of Shaka. We know where it started and we are all touched. But again, as great a man as he was, should this stuff continue where people based on where they were born assume roles of big leadership and big influence? What do, what do you guys think of monarchs in general? I mean, like, I'm coming from a royal, not me, obviously, I'm from a royal family, but at a royal family perspective, yeah. I mean, like, someone should carry that legacy for it yeah. to continue. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, if you want a particular tribe to carry on and to be respected as much as it is, yeah. why not bring someone new? Same as the president, obviously. If the president is there for, like, five years, and obviously you are being removed and someone yeah. else comes. and you're chosen. Exactly. So... In the royal family perspective, someone needs to carry the family and yeah. keep, keep things going. Monarchs are a part of us, man. Like, they're part of society, yeah. you know, um, as humans in general, since as far, as, as far back as we can date back. I mean, monarchs have always been there. Yeah. Leadership-wise, right, it's, they've, already, they've always played a significant role in how nations develop, how yeah. nations move, you know. Roles have changed now because we're more democratic. Yeah. So obviously their roles in society have almost diminished. Yeah. But I personally don't think we can necessarily downplay the role that they still have, you know, especially in a country like South Africa where there's, I don't want to say a divide, but there's people live in different ways. Yeah. You know, people subscribe to different systems. There's people who still subscribe to that type of way of living under a monarch, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's the way they live and they choose to live, right, then... and then the monarchs, yeah, maybe they can still apply in that sense. Yeah. But now it becomes maybe an issue in terms of how, how much power they yeah. wield, you know, and what, how they can affect one's life and livelihood. Exactly. That's where maybe... 
I agree. I mean, culturally, they do play a king role, a, a very like key role. I mean, like as someone from Limpopo, I can't imagine life without King Monad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but in a, ser- a more serious, <laughs> more serious perspective, there is a very big, a very big need to preserve culture. You know, but like at what cost? Because like these uh, monarchs, bro, they cost taxpayers a lot of money yeah. and it's not distributed equally. Yes. So now if you are, you know, if you are a Tsonga man, a Pedi man, a Zulu man, a Zulu woman, a Kosa woman, even a white person, and you're paying taxes, taxes, and those taxes are being distributed to the Zulu king more than to other kings, uh, should you get touched or should you just ride with it proportionality dog you know so how do you now justify maybe paying the Tsonga king which there is no necessarily a Tsonga king because there's so much divide in that conversation as to because there's people who believe that this guy is entitled to be king this one is not supposed yeah. to be king you know also rest in peace to Osnumalo you know I think he also recently passed away the king, king exactly you know so how do you now justify maybe paying someone more well equally to let's say kings with the yeah. you know who you know there's at least i don't know how many million subjects that yeah. recognize him recognize leadership and at the same time you go to mujaji uh, yeah so now how do you rest proportionality so that's that's how i look at it but yeah no it's very difficult it's very yeah. difficult it is very difficult most especially if whether do they improvise that much in their community or whatever mm. village that they're living they in? Yeah. So it's sometimes probably that money that is being given to them, do they actually distribute it to the yeah. rural areas? Why aren't there no roads? You exactly. know, Because so that's still the government's job, yeah. even though they are getting a budget. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes I just put, feel like they put it in their savings for their kids or what's You never know. It's inheritance. You know, so I, I think that's the good thing to be part of the royal family. Yeah. Maybe that is why maybe they have a lot of wives too. <laughs> Yay! Money talks. Money does talk. Yeah, I could not agree more. But guys, for today's uh, episode, I think that's where we're going to leave it. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the channel. Uh, as always, don't forget, we're shooting at Team Coffee. That is 3 Campbell Road in Four Ways. Do give them a visit. Uh, tell them the Not So Daily Show sent you. And yeah, keep supporting. Like, subscribe share the channel, share the videos. Until next week, cheers.